The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. What a week in racing it was as so many big points races for the Kentucky Oaks and Derby uh, took place. Going to have a hard time getting through all the results a little bit later in this segment. Just wanted to let you know who we're going to have on. I believe a Wonderment will be a horse that will be going to post in the Oaks. And we've got uh, top trainer Kenny McPeak. He's going to be our first guest. And uh, Kenny is, uh, you know, inviting you to a bit of a party, as a matter of fact. Uh, on April 23rd, at his Magdalena Farm in Lexington, he's going to be having an open house. The day starts at 10 in the morning uh, with discussions on confirmation, training philosophy, uh, co-ownership of horses. You know, he puts together a lot of partnerships, legal issues, financial matters. So he's uh, opening the door to let you know what you get into if you want to get into racing. And so, uh, again, that's a Magdalena Farm in Lexington, easy to Google. I will give you the, uh, the the phone number if you want to join in. And then they're going to go to Keeneland and after live racing at Keeneland. Kenny's hosting a party back at the farm. Very informal evening, so we're going to find out what's going to happen with that. Of course, uh, we've got uh, uh, big racing this week at Oak Lawn Park, so we brought in the daily racing forms. Mary Rampolini to help us out. Man, some competitive cards, of course, highlighted by... The $1 million Arkansas Derby. Cupid, we'll see if he can pull back his bow. I'll tell you what, uh, Dale Roman says, catch me if you can. He's sending out Unbridled Outlaw and said, nobody's going to catch us. So we'll find out. He threw down the gauntlet. Uh, then you've got the grade two Oaklawn Park handicap. What a race. Three horses, including the winner, out of the Santa Anita handicap though none of them have raced at Oaklong. And then you've got the winner of the Gulfstream Park Handicap, Blofeld, and then three of them out of the Grade 2 Razorback. Uh, so this is going to be one heck of a race. Again, that's the Oaklong Handicap. And uh, on Friday, tomorrow, it's the Apple Blossom. You know who won it last year, the champion untappable, and she's back in the field this year taking the same route she did last year. She just got beat in the Azari and then came back and won the Apple Blossom by two-and-a-half links. Lorraine Giroux will be the pilot of that one. So uh, that was uh, those are our guests, and th- th- that's kind of a preview of what we're going to be talking about on the show. I uh, hope you uh, pulled down your easy win sheets from winningponies.com last week, pretty much once again from coast to coast. We knocked them dead. Uh, Santa Anita on the West Coast, a $1 Super 5 key return, 3261 
moving over to the east at Laurel had two big winners, a $1 super that paid 5902 and a $1 super high five that paid 3981 And uh, then up north at Woodbine, uh, came away with a $1 super that paid 2788 And we got hot at Oaklong, too. You're going to want to remember that for this Saturday. We had a $1 pick three that paid $1,983. Well, I hate to lead with sad news in the world of racing, but uh, pictures were coming out. Everybody was happy. Zenyatta had a warfront colt, and sad to say, it was announced on Wednesday at Rudin Riddle Equine Hospital that he passed away. Uh, he was born Sunday night, and uh, it was um, that he, he indeed have an aspirate meconium. Don't even ask me what that is. Uh, so right now that leaves the three-year-old Zyconic as the youngest surviving foal for Zenyatta. Uh, the 2000 in Philly by Warfront had to be euthanized as a weanling following a paddock accident. She wasn't bred for a 2015 foal. The good news is, is that Zenyatta has checked out in good health and will be back home at Lane's End. Well, the big boy in town and everybody's uh, favorite on their list, you Got to be his last two-year-old champion. Nyquist is uh, jogging right now on the Keeneland track. I'm going over early tomorrow morning, and he has a work scheduled, um, same as land oversee. Doug O'Neill is in town in Lexington to oversee the works. I believe that he said that both of them will probably have three works leading up to the uh, Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby course land over sea. I was so happy that you didn't have to run against Songbird last time out. And if you're tracking Keeneland, uh, up until today, Louis Sayas taken off, led all jocks with seven wins, you know, as a short meet. <coughs> then you got Javier Castellano and Jose Lascano tied at three. Corey Landry, Joe Bravo, and John Velasquez each have a pair of wins. In the trainer standings, it's nothing but a tie. Todd Pletcher, Mark Cassie, Bill Mott, Wes Ward, Nick Zito, Mike Maker, very familiar names. We'll see how that spreads out as the meet continues. Well, uh, this is interesting news. It looks like the foot injury continues to limit Run Happy's training. Of course, he's the reigning sprint champion. He's hampered by a foot bruise and will not resume galloping until the end of April at the earliest, from what we understand. Uh, he already missed his original intended comeback race. He was going to race at the Churchill Downstakes on May 7th. Uh, so they're saying they're just going to jog him till the end of the month. I think they ought to just sit back and let him go out in a paddock and let it heal. But that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my opinion. Of course, you'll recall that Run Happy was the subject of one of the biggest stories of the 2015 racing season. Uh, he only had one defeat in January before reeling off six straight wins, uh, ending with the King's Bishop, Phoenix, Breeders' Cup Sprint, and the Malibu, and was voted the Eclipse Award winner for top sprinter. Of course, a big part of that story was his trainer for all but the last of those victories was Maria Burrell, but uh, Mattress Mac McInvale fired Burrell the day after the Breeders' Cup. Uh, that's uh, turned into a big controversy and will probably end up in court. So uh, we will go back and get a chance to review the um, 
Derby points if I've got a chance to go through all of last week's results. Also, good news, our friend Tom Amos who was down with us uh, three weeks ago. Mo Tom is uh, back and is some serious prep work for the Kentucky Derby. Went a half-mile breeze and 48-2 over a fast track just yesterday. So let, let's hope that he gets a chance to finally get a race in where he doesn't run into any trouble. Of course, uh, Tom also has Kentucky Oaks hopeful Venus Valentine. Uh, she breezed a half-mile in 46-3. and three. So good luck to Tom. Uh, Kent DeSormo ended up being the jockey of the week. He got a leg up on two of his three stakes winning rides this Saturday from his brother, Keith DeSormo. They took home a grade three win early in the card, and, of course, we're going to get to it. The grade one Santa Anita Derby was very, very impressive. So congratulations to Kent DeSormo, and congratulations to uh, uh, jockey Scott Spieth. He's one of those hard-knocking guys in the Midwest. Uh, he's ridden the most winners of any member of the Tampa Bay Downs Jockey Colony, and he hit the 4,500 mark this week. So congratulations to Scott Spieth. Again, a hard-working guy, 49 years old now, and uh, last year he moved to Delaware Park. and So he pretty much rode seven days a week going to Monmouth and the Mid-Atlantic tracks while he was doing it, so... Uh, in 2005, he rose 307 winners. Congratulations to him. Okay, let's get to some of the race results. Hope you had a chance to tune out to Santa Anita. Of course, the predicted rains came, but Songbird was once again unbelievable. Just put the tape in and watch. It was just another gallop around the track, but what we know now is that the 747 uh, Philly is also able to race on a very, very sloppy track. Again, uh, Mike Smith didn't have to ask her at all. They pretty much had the lead going into the turn and just galloped around the rest of the track. Uh, second was a Philly by the name of Mocat, and third, she's a warrior. Well, talking about the three-year-old Phillies over at Oaklawn, it was the uh, grade three fantasy stakes, and uh, the heavy favorite, Tara Promessa, Steve Asmussen trained Philly, got a lead. She was a little rank early on, got the lead into the stretch by about two, but really had to work as taxable. Another Asmussen trained horse came from what was last in a six-horse field. It was kind of drifting in, drifting out, and just missed. For the second spot, third was ready to confess. We also want to talk about the races that we uh, handicapped uh, with Dick Downey. Again, a little more detail on, on the Santa Anita Derby. It was Team DeSormo getting the job done. Exaggerator sent away at 3-1. to one. Uh, Just went by him like they were tied to the rail. <laughs> I believe that's what Michael, Michael Rona said. Uh, and uh, it was just awesome. Exaggerator was 16 and a half lengths back early in the race. Uh, unbelievable. More Spirit was the slight favorite at 7 to 5. Uh, Dancing Candy was the third favorite. Uh, so the, the Exaggerator did finish ahead of More Spirit. Again, that was the Sloppy Santa Anita Derby after the Sloppy Santa Anita Oaks. Uh, the Wood Memorial on the East Coast, the winner was Outwork, 
nice race ride in there. Uh, uh, Johnny V kind of kept the uh, rallying Trojan Nation down on the rail. And uh, after pulling away in the stretch, just lasted. Again, that's outwork. Looks like he's derby bound. And it looks like we're going to have a maiden in the Kentucky Derby because I believe that Trojan Nation earned enough points to get a spot in the starting gate. Well, now it's time to go to Keeneland where there was so much action uh, last week. It was just phenomenal. One of the best cards uh, I'd seen. You would have thought that you were at the Breeders' Cup. Of course, uh, we'll lead off with the Bluegrass Stakes. The winner was Brody's Cause. He likes that track, and uh, he came rallying. No traffic this time. Luis Saez, the leading rider in the saddle for Dale Romans, got the job done uh, in the, the second spot. Had a break from the outside was my man Sam, who rallied from last, was closing really well, and then it was Cherry Wine. So Dale Romans finished first and third in the bluegrass. <laughs> Quick look at some of the other very important races. Uh, the, the Ashland Stakes was unbelievable. Uh, you had uh, favored Catherine Sophia undefeated in there, uh, Rachel's Valentina, the daughter of Rachel Alexandra. Flying through, the Kentucky Hardboots love this. It was Rusty Arnold's horse, Weep No More, getting the job done at the wire, up by a neck from dead last. It truly was an amazing finish. And congratulations uh, to Rusty and his uh, longtime assistant, Jack Bohannon, a great guy that I've known for for many, many years. Uh, Then we'll just kind of uh, uh, jump ahead uh, to the, the Madison Another fantastic uh, star-studded cast. The winner in here was Sheer Drama, getting the job done by a neck over Stop Charging Maria, uh, who was battling very hard. Wavell Avenue last year's Readers' Cup winner finished third. Well, that's a look at all the top races. I'm trying to put 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack, but uh, it's, uh, it's time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to a man who's won the Bluegrass Stakes, Kenny McPeak. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us, as advertised, top trainer Kenny McPeak is our, our first guest. He's uh, based in Kentucky at a beautiful place called Magdalena Farm. And the other day, I got a, a, a nice invite uh, to, to come to the farm. As you know, uh, Kenny's developed such outstanding multiple-graded stakes winners as uh, Kentucky Derby favorite Harlan's Holiday, a horse that won the Bluegrass Stakes at Keeneland, um, the sensational uh, Philly Mayor Take Charge Lady, Travers winner Golden Ticket, and a classic winner, Sarava, who... Uh, upset, I believe it was Silver Charm, in, in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, also, we've talked over the years with Kenny uh, as far as uh, being the innovative uh, force behind horse races now. And what's great about Kenny is he understands the importance for the future of racing to bring in new owners. And uh, on Saturday, April 23rd, uh, he's given out an open invitation to people interested. Come to his Magdalena farm in Lexington. Uh, the day's going to start at 10 in the morning, and I'm going to bring him out. We're going to talk about kind of um, the different list of things he's going to do because he takes you from go to woe. The last thing you want in horse ownership is to be kept in the dark, and Kenny's kind of you know opening up the curtain and let you know what it costs, what it takes, uh, everything involved. Again, that's April 23rd at Magdalena Farm. Kenny, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks for having me, John. Trying to find someplace quiet. I'm actually downtown Lexington. There, you know, post races, a lot of people get together. We're at Dudley's right now. Well, uh, thanks for uh, spending the time with us. I thought maybe you were in the nursery. I understand there's a new addition to the McPeak stable. Yeah, I've got a five-month-old daughter, beautiful, uh, named after my mother, Ann, and um, yeah, another stage in life. Um, you know, I've got a 15-year-old, and so, um, you know, Ann, new addition, uh, did last fall, and pretty exciting period. Well, I'll, I'll have to start a new family uh, album for you, Kenny, when I see you in the paddock at Keeneland with, with, with your new one. Well, um, again, uh, this, is a, this is a great concept, Ken, because... I've talked to so many people that got out of the game because trainers didn't tell them all that was involved, you know, or trainers didn't communicate with them. And it, it looks like what you're going to do uh, on, on the 23rd is kind of just taking them by the hand. First of all, your farm's beautiful. But second of all, you're going to take them through everything from confirmation to training philosophy, co-ownership. I love partnerships because you can get in and you don't have to take the whole uh, hit uh, have you done this in the past, or is this your first time doing this open house? Well, it's um, it's it's actually kind of a unique um, stage for me. Um, you know, over the years, I spent a lot of time, you know, buying you know my own horses. I actually had a client over the last probably four or five years that had his own team of buying, and I was actually, I, in some senses, I backed off my buying a little bit. Um, of course, you know that's been my specialty, but. Unfortunately, my the success rate with the, the the way that we set it up wasn't there, and we parted ways. And when we did that, I decided, you know, I needed to get. I guess you could say, let people know I'm back out there and get kind of something creative, as far as letting you know fans and owners that you know, hey, listen, here's how we do it, and we're going to kind of 
I guess you could say reinvent the wheel. And, um, you know, Cindy Greathouse is the girl that works for us in the office. And Cindy said, why don't you do an open house? And I said, we could. And they said, I'd be glad to do it. Truth is, she's organized a lot of it. She's going to tell me where to be and when. And then um, we've taken the database of, of horse races now. For those out there that don't use the horse races now racing app, um, the database of email addresses is about 210,000 people. Um, yeah. So, um, so we took that database of email addresses and we decided, you know, we'd put a little of our own marketing campaign on. And, um, you know, we're probably going to have, you know, anywhere from 100 to 200 people there that day. And it ought to be interesting. Um, it's a, uh, you know, this, this sport's a little intimidating for a lot of people that have never played it before. And I think it's, um, you know, we have, we need to welcome with open arms. We need to explain to them um, how things are done. And, you know, it's a, it's a game for people that, that ha- they have to be brave and you have to know how to lose well. And you have to, um, you know, obviously take this, the slower and the average to bad horses in, as with a grain of salt and hope that you come up with a really good one. You know, I've had clients over the years that, went through series of average to bad horses. And then all of a sudden they came up with a really good horse. And um, I think that's the horse that, that makes uh, playing the game worthwhile. I know, um, you know, like for example, take charge lady was a filly that I had purchased for us, you know, a group out of Cincinnati and our success with her made up for all the average to bad horses that, that I actually bought the, the people. But um, that is something that needs to be taught so that, you know, those that get involved understand that it is a game of numbers, not any different than, you know, a Cincinnati Reds ball player. If he hits 300, he's, he's fantastic, but he also, you know, he didn't hit 700, you know, so he, he's, it's a game of failure. So they just need to know the, uh, the details. Well, I see that one of the segments of the open house is going to be training philosophy. And, of course, that obviously goes from trainer to trainer. But I think it's very important for them to know that it's like, okay, gee, there's the Kentucky Derby. We've got a three-year-old colt. That's where we're going to go. I think that your training philosophy has to be what's best for the entire career of this horse and how do you kind of uh, temper down an owner who's got their heart beating that they wants to quickly go into a graded stakes race to let them know that, hey, this horse has got great potential, but it's long-term and may not be ready right now. Uh, there's some great races maybe later in the summer. Uh, how do you convey that to, to an owner who's kind of chomping at the bit to get in a big race? Well, in some cases you can't. Um, you know, um, Wayne Lucas would say don't kill their dream. Um, I had two horses that I ran in the Derby in 2013, and both horses I advised the owners not to run. And um, one horse I didn't believe was cut out to run on the earth, the dirt, and, I, and the other one I didn't think was mentally ready for it. Frack Daddy was the first one, and the other one was Jabba's War, which I felt like was a grass horse. So that was a case where, and, and neither neither client really wanted to hear that, oh, you know, well, we might never get another chance. And, and so you do have to, in a sense, you know, we're in the service business, so you don't, you don't kill their dream, and, and uh, you can give them advice, but it ultimately, you know, someone that owns a horse, it's their horse to run, and so um, it doesn't always, you know, it isn't always exactly what I want every time, but it's um, something you go in into that together, and hopefully you come out of it together. 
Well, both of those horses that you mentioned eventually did become top-graded stakes winners. Well, Java's War never won again, but but uh, Frack Daddy went on and won quite a few races, and he, he seemed to be more of a polytrack specialist. He won the Ben Ally, and he also won a couple times in Canada, but um, mentally he wasn't ready for the Derby and actually advised the client. And, and Carter would sit here and tell you, Kenny, Kenny gave me good advice. I didn't take it. But um, he should have run in the Preakness, and I think he would have run a little more competitive because he didn't handle what I would call extreme situations. And Kentucky Derby is a really extreme situation. But um, anyway, that's neither here nor there, and each horse is different. And, you know, it's a game of failure. I always use the analogy that racing horses is kind of like surfing. You're trying to go out, and you're trying to catch the biggest wave, but unfortunately all of them come to shore. And so if you can catch a big wave, whether it's a, you know, a curlin or a, you know, a take charge lady, which are great rides, um, or, uh, you know, I could give you a whole list of other horses that we had a whole lot of fun with, then great. But all of them come to shore. And when they do, then you have to come to shore gracefully. And, um, you know, that's another, you know, that people that are new to the game need to be taught. A lot of times they let their egos get in the way of common sense and, I tend to be the realist. Um, you know, we actually ran a filly today, Dothraki Queen, that was a very good two-year-old, but we struggled with her at three because she's had some you know, bacterial skin infection and she had an ulcer and so those kind of things. And she didn't run well today, but the partnership was, um, well, they took it well. Everybody was like, okay, first race of the year, let's regroup and we'll fire again. And, and uh, so you just have to, take the punches, and then you keep going. Well, uh, you know, what you're putting together here, uh, particularly with going to the races and then inviting people back to your farm uh, after uh, for a cocktail party, is, you know, I, I think a big part of partnerships in racing, and I've been a part of many, is the social factor, the people you get to know that are in the partnership. And if you're with the right trainer, he can make it a fun time. Well, that's what it's about. Um, you know, in all honesty, I have people that I say, listen, you're just not going to work here because you're not, you're taking it too seriously or you just need to relax a little bit or some people can't really afford it. Um, you know, and we try to keep our partnerships to just 20%. And then I've got a list of clients who can buy their own horses without partners. And that's in many ways, probably my preference, but, um, but the groups can be a real good vehicle for someone that's never played before. So if you've never had a racehorse before and you want to just take 20% or 10%, you know, we can offer that out. And then you can learn, you know, the idiosyncrasies of and the details of a sport that's pretty complicated. And then our job is to hold your hand through it all and explain it and the good and the bad and, and everything in between. And then, of course, you know, some people some people uh, take it to another level, and some people, you know, evacuate and leave. So it just really depends on, um, you know, how you can handle it financially and how you can handle it mentally. Well, uh, I'm going to let people know that in addition to the 200,000 people you <laughs> send emails to, uh, that if if they go online, it, it's easy to, to, to find Magdalena Farm. If they want to just go to the Blood Horse, they can click on it over at the side there, or they can Google it. Or if they're listening now and they have a pen in hand, I believe the office number is 
six nine. So you still got pretty much an, an open invite for people that want to get in, Kenny. The best thing they could do is download the Horse Races Now app, and that and and then the Horse Races Now app we put in your we get your details from that, and then we subsequently add you to the Magdalena Racing Partnership emails, so you really get it all then. So people out there that want to follow the sport and continue to follow the sport, then then the Horse Races Now app is the easiest, simplest way to do it. We're, we're approaching half a million downloads, and we're, we're getting about 10,000 new downloads every 30 days. So as a startup company, this is, you know, the growth curve on this is pretty significant, and we think we're in the position to make what I would think of, you know, the long-term contribution to a sport that needs to do a better job connecting to fans. Well, my hat is off to you, Kenny McPeak, because you have done that. And, of course, obviously I'm in the list because I've got the app on my phone. It's great. Uh, previous to doing this show, I go up, I pull down the replays, so I'm fresh on what happened in every race. There's so many options of things that you, you can do uh, with that app. It, it's fantastic. And, again, really, Kenny, my hat's off to you for being a great ambassador of racing. Well, it's nice of you to say. I know John for I throws out, out there that don't know, John's known me since I had a size 32 waist and a head full of hair. And my first winner was at River Downs in Cincinnati. So I've come a long way. The purse was $4,100, and that wasn't even to the winner. That was just the purse. So, um, you know, my heart's in the right place, and I love the sport. And, and John's work is, uh, you know, you, listen, things you do are amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Kenny. And again, uh, I, I hope, hope to see you with, with, with your uh, with your second set of family portraits uh, down there in the in the paddock at Keeneland soon. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. All right, thanks for having me. Okay, we've been talking with uh, top national trainer Kenny McPeak. He's invited you to a party. Now we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to go to a place that has a fun place in my heart, and that is Hot Springs. We're going to Oak Lawn Park with. The lady that knows it all, Mary Rampolini, she's been working the beat, and she's going to share the information with you folks listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. 
Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a guest that I call on for kind of the Mid-South action uh, throughout the entire year, and that's uh, Mary Rampolini, who grew up in a, in a racing family. And uh, she, as I said, is working the beat this week for Oaklawn Park, and she's done a great job. Uh, you can get her on Twitter or certainly go to uh, the, the Daily Racing Forum site to get, get the, the, the latest news from Mary. This is a really, really exciting week, and uh, all I can say is I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're gonna, uh, you, you've, got, uh, you've got champions racing there. You've got an unbelievable Oaklawn Park handicap, uh, of course, untappable in the Apple Blossom, uh, and let's not forget a little old race by the name of the Arkansas Derby. But before we get to that, I want to welcome Mary Rampolini. How you been? Very good, John. Like you said, really looking forward to the next few days, uh, the final days of the meet at Oaklawn with the Apple Blossom on Friday and Saturday. Of course, the Oaklawn Handicap and Arkansas Derby. Well, uh, you know, I'm calling on you as a specialty for those races, but I don't want to go there yet. Uh, I, I know that as a writer for the Daily Racing Forum, you are always watching what's happening across the, the canvas of, of racing. Um, well, let's start with, with the boys. Um, what do you think? How do you see things developing? Obviously, everybody's talking about, you know, the, the road to the Kentucky Derby, uh, Nyquist, uh, Trouncing, I guess you could say Mohamed. Uh, he'll he'll be training tomorrow morning here in Lexington. Uh, you know, upstarts like like, like Cupid that they're all of a sudden looking like they could be any kind. Exaggerator out on the West Coast with that huge jump up win in the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, just give me your idea, paint a picture for me of the road to the Kentucky Derby. Oh yes, it's like you said. There's a lot of very interesting horses. Certainly. Nyquist has established himself as as the one to beat at this stage, I think, just for his un, unbeaten record, I should say, and and going uh, shipping east and and uh, defeating Mohamed last out on um, Florida Derby in the Florida Derby. Um, I certainly have a lot of respect for Nyquist. I still have a lot of respect for Mohamed. You know that uh, Florida Derby run on a on a wet track. He was racing on a wet track for the first time, as was Nyquist, but. Um, I think Mohamed is a very um, responsive, rateable, uh, willing type individual, certainly bred to the hilt, um, and seems like a very exciting individual. I wouldn't let one race deter me from being excited about Mohamed. More Spirit is a horse that I, I, I also uh, look forward to seeing him advance and, and, and see what he does uh, in Kentucky, John. Well, you've also got the great story of the, the, the DeSormo brothers, and all I can say is uh, the win in the Santa Anita Derby only complements Nyquist even more. Very good point. Yeah, Nyquist has been complimented from a lot of different directions and in, 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 in a serious way after the Santa Anita Derby. Yeah, I mean, you know, the horses that he's been able to beat have gone on to, to beat other races, uh, uh, other good horses coming out of those races. So we're going to find out, from what I understand, Nyquist is going to have probably, you know, three works uh, leading up to the Derby. Um, and uh, the other 300-pound gorilla sitting in the corner that we have to mention for the Kentucky Oaks is Songbird. How awesome is she? Isn't she exciting? <laughs> what, a, what a weekend it's going to be at Churchill Downs. Um, but, yes, Songbird is 
is a very exciting filly, and uh, what a great name for a great filly, too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I was on a teleconference with Mike Smith two weeks ago, and, of course, somebody asked him, you know, have you gotten to the bottom of this filly? It's like, all you got to do is watch the races. She, he's never done anything but perform a public workout on her back. Yeah, she's real exciting. It's it's very exciting. So th- this will be interesting, but, you know, that's why they put them in the starting gate. I saw a couple upsets this weekend of horses that were undefeated that weren't supposed to get beaten, and it does it does happen. But, you know, uh, also the connections are great. I mean, I, I love Jerry Hollendorfer. Now he's a Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, the fact that Mike Smith, the, the veteran, uh, is on this horse, it's extremely exciting. I'm not saying everybody else is running for second. The horse hasn't shipped yet as you know things happen we had that low blood count with nyquist for a couple of days but uh, it looks like he's pointing in the right direction and we'll find out tomorrow morning but uh, again you know coming off american pharaoh you thought maybe we we're going to have a hangover but it looks like we're set for another exciting season yeah that's what is really nice is those that um maybe uh, became interested in horse racing as a result of american pharaoh triple crown that hopefully they continue to follow and uh, we'll have some, some horses like Nyquist and Songbird to be excited about, just like you said, and, and certainly those horses are in very capable hands. That's what's exciting. Those are individuals that have uh, conquered, you know, major races like the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks uh, specifically. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's jump into tomorrow's race, uh, the Apple Blossom, of course, untappable, apparently taking the same route that she she did a year ago. I just think it's fantastic. The Winchells are keeping her in training. I mean, who knows what her value is as a broodmare, not that they'd be going into a sales ring anyhow with $3.8 million to her credit. Uh, but uh, last year, she just got beat in the Azari and then came back and won the Apple Blossom. It looks like she's taken the same route. But, you know, I've listened to some of your contemporaries, Dan Elman and Mike Beers, and they kind of feel that maybe she's not quite the same horse she was when she was the champion. Um, what's your feeling on here? Because she's certainly, this is no walkover. She does face a very uh, competitive field. Paris Tango has come in uh, from Southern California, and uh, she is here, recent grade one winner, um, arrived on Wednesday. Uh, so that is a very significant rival for Untappable kind of an up-and-coming filly. Uh, Trainer Jerry Hollendorfer said she's a bigger, stronger filly this year, Terrace Tango. And uh, off of her last start, they really looked at the apple blossom. So she's a significant contender, and a filly who is thriving here is called Pat. She is the filly who nipped uh, Untappable on the wire last out in Missouri, which that was Untappable's first start since early October. Um, But Call Pat has thrived in her training. She, She looks very good on the track. She's very alert and uh, has trained very well, but the same is very true of Untappable. She's made a very favorable impression here in her training uh, at Oak Lawn. Uh, she is the champ. Uh, you can never underestimate the champ. And uh, I'm hoping she's going to run a very big race tomorrow. Uh, the pace scenario, there does not appear to be a lot of pace. Um, Tara Tango is backing up from a mile and an eighth. I, I know Untappable is quick. I should see. I, I can see her, you know, very forwardly placed. Um wouldn't surprise me if she's on the lead, but maybe that will fall to Terrace Tango coming coming off those Southern California 
circuit, you know, um, her quickness is there too. So, uh, you know, I, I just think it's an interesting race, and I think those two fillies are at an advantage from a pace standpoint. It doesn't look like there's a lot of pace in the race. No, and I, I just wonder, you know, if Asmussen looking at the card is going to is going to say, hey, Florent, you know, get her out of the gate and play catch me if you can, because all the other horses seem to be tractable closers. Certainly, Call Pat, uh, who I respect very much, um, is is a one run closer. But as the, you pointed out, you know, kind of a fresh and fit four year old filly, Tara's Tango, she's really got the current figs. I mean, she's got the, the, the speed forms and the buyers uh, that that kind of say she might be the one to beat. Um, you know, on Tappable's last start, she came out with an 88 buyer. Uh, when I look at her last 10 races, I don't see one that slow. Yeah, well, hopefully, like you know, like I said, she's she's ready to move forward and um, and will and uh, make a significant step forward on uh, Friday. Uh, I, I think she will. Well, we'll find out. And, of course, um, you know, uh, kind of a value horse in here, uh, John Velasquez, who uh, doesn't call Oaklawn Park home uh, a- at all, is uh, going to get the uh, the mount for Dallas Stewart. Uh, forever unbridled, uh, a horse that's won over a half a million dollars. Johnny V did win the Comely at Aqueduct uh, on her, going a mile and, and an eighth. Now, that was last season. But that Houston Ladies Classic was a real easy win if you go back and, and, and look at that visually. So she's certainly one I don't think you can throw out either. No, she's a very nice addition to the field as well. As far as a new face, uh, that call Pat and untappable, uh, you know, will have to take on Friday. So, yes, a nice uh, selection of shippers for the Apple Blossom and, uh, you know, the Apple Blossom, John, is one of just two grade one races that I have in this market that I cover, which swings through Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and into New Mexico. It's a very important race, not only for fillies and mares on the national calendar, but in my market. Like I said, just one of two grade ones, the other being the Arkansas Derby. Well, that's got to be exciting for you. And I will tell you, uh, Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum is doing a great job, not only writing, but... I, I, I've got you on Twitter, and, and you're posting videos, not only of the races, but of horses getting off the vans and, and in the morning. It, it's really <laughs> sensational. So if you don't have Mary Rampolini on your Twitter account, I highly suggest it. Okay, that was the Apple Blossom. That's going to be run on Friday. Now we're going to come back, and we're going to look at two major races on Saturday at Oaklawn, the Oaklawn Park Handicap that has a stellar field, and then... Somebody's going to the Kentucky Derby coming out of the Arkansas Derby. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to revisit with Mary Rampolini in the Daily Racing Forum. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And again, with me from the Daily Racing Forum, uh, Mary Rampolini, who's on site at Oak Lawn Park. Hey, Mary, have you had a chance to meet my old friend Pete Aiello yet? How about that? Yes, Pete is up in the press box with us uh, in the announcer's booth, I should say, and uh, so we're all on the same level, uh, same floor working, and uh, what a real talent Pete is. I have to say, uh, John, he is uh, an excellent announcer. Well, I just told him that when he writes to the book of his life, I want to be mentioned in a chapter. He was a little green when he came to River Downs, but uh, he was an excitable boy, but he's really reeled it in, and he's got just a great style. Um, I, I knew when he went down to Florida it was going to be the start of something good, um, and uh, let me tell you, he has not disappointed. I've been listening to his calls, and Pete is dead on. He, he really seems to be fitting in down there. Yeah, absolutely, and I do remember you telling me being, about him being at River Downs, so that was kind of a little neat history. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, because Terry Wallace came from there, too. I know. I, I mean, I know that because of you, and that was a fascinating link. It's 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 small <laughs> world, huh? Small world. Yes, it is. I can name uh, quite a few more, but I want to move on to the Arkansas Derby. I mean, uh, you know, this race, when you when you look at it, you know, Cupid jumps off paper, but you know what? It's a very interesting scenario, and we're going to see what the jockeys are going to do because as I look at the running styles here, what absolutely jumps off the paper to me from the racing form is that this is a case of the closers chasing the speed. Yeah, and we saw some of that um, earlier in the year in the Southwest. I kind of just had a a uh, three-tiered situation. We just had um, a couple of speed horses. We had a bunch of horses uh, duking it out behind them. And then we had a sudden breaking news, the big closer coming through with a huge effort uh, to take the Southwest. Well, um, and I do know, I believe from reading from you, that uh, there's been kind of a bold statement put out there by a guy that knows how to train a horse or two, because uh, he's trying to keep them separated. He just won the bluegrass, uh, Dale Romans, that uh, he's trying to say, uh, Cupid better bring his bow because he's going to be chasing me early in the race. He's got unbridled outlaw, uh, who's only had one start this season. Uh, thought enough of him to put him in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year at Keeneland. Uh, had the lead and, and, and then faltered. Uh, but he says Roman's going to try to steal this race, and he's coming out of a race where he's a young three-year-old, ran against older horses 
at Oakland. I wonder if that was just a real tightener and uh, led most of the way. He got tired. You were probably there and saw that race. It was an optional claimer. Uh, can unbridled outlaw actually try to show his heels to the field? Well, I think he is a quick horse. I, I think that Mr. Romans looks for him to be forward. Um, what what he mentioned about that, uh, the uh, optional claimer that you talked about, you know, the first level allowance there, that the timing of that race really worked well. It was actually on the Rebel undercard at Oaklawn. And while he didn't want to put this horse up against older rivals uh, at this stage, uh, it gave him an opportunity to be on the schedule that suited this horse and also, John, to get a, a trip over the track. So, you know, obviously the horse handled the track, and they are coming back in for this race. And uh, he'll move to a mile and an eighth from a mile and a sixteenth. So, you know, after setting the pace there, uh, he should be pretty prominent. Cupid is quite quick as well, as you know. So uh, they are. it'll be very interesting to see how we go into the first turn. Yeah, I, I, I want to see what happens. Obviously, uh, Corey Landry's put himself in an interesting spot. Uh, he seems to have the selection of, perhaps three horses uh, going into the Kentucky Derby, and then should this horse jump up in the Arkansas Derby, uh, he's going to have some decisions to be made. But let's face it, in the Rebel Stakes, Cupid was so impressive. And what I love about this Bob Baffert trainee, of course, another sensationally talented tappet, uh, Gray, I saw your, your video <laughs> on Twitter, um, is when when you look at his buyer speed figures, he just gets better and better and better. And I don't you, describe the rebel to me. Yeah, you know, um, John. F- first of all, he came into that race a maiden winner, so he was actually facing winners for the very first time in his career. Uh, so that's impressive. A lot of horses can't conquer winners first time out, let alone win a Grade Two uh, prep on the road to the Kentucky Derby. But I thought what was probably two things about this horse. He really didn't get the break, and uh, he really made a very significant move to the lead going into the first turn. He really showed quite a bit of quickness there. And secondly, he really lost some momentum. He kind of uh, swerved a little bit at the uh, top of the stretch there, kind of moved to the left a little. And he really lost momentum at that point. So here he is. He started back up. He had Whitmore make a run at him, and he was able to turn back that horse. And then he went on and galloped out strongly. So, you know, that had to be a lot of experience there that he'll benefit from. And uh, he did that in a full field of 14. So, you know, again, losing that momentum at a key point in the race, I I think that was pretty significant that he was able to gather himself and – go on and win by a length and a quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's kind of like he made the lead, and it's like, hey, I'm out here by myself. He looked inside. He looked outside. I'm not sure what was going through Martin Garcia's head. And like you said, all of a sudden when he felt the challenge, it was kind of like, oh, I'm still back in the race. And it looked like uh, he he revoked against Whitmore, which I found to be very impressive, quite frankly. Yes, and after the the race, uh, we had a a kind of a press conference with Bob Baffert, and, um, you know, he said that was to see that horse turn turn back um, Whitmore, to see Cupid turn back Whitmore. You know, he just showed a lot of guts to win that race, and and he said this is what you want to see this time of year with these three-year-olds, that that kind of determination, that kind of, you know, that grit, what this horse showed to dig in and get the win. 
Well, uh, my producer's telling me I've only got about four minutes left, so don't want to put your feet to the fire. But my God, <laughs> what a field the Oakland Park Handicap has. Of course, $750,000 to bring you. You've got three horses coming out of the Grade 1 Santa Anita Handicap, but none of them have raced at Oakland. Then you've got three coming out of the Razorback, so they've had successful trips over the track. And then you've got the winner of the Gulfstream Park Handicapper in there in Blofeld. How are you separating this group? Very deep field. Uh, I agree, John. It's a, it's a great renewal of the Oakland Handicap. They boosted this purse from 600000 to seven fifty for this year's running. So, like you said, um, that's gonna that's gonna get you some some runners for sure, and they sure did land some horses. Melatonin, I thought, was a very interesting horse. He, he set a very quick pace in the Santa Anita Handicap and and went on and prevailed. And um, you know, talking to his trainer David Hoffman, he feels this kind of race might set up differently for this horse, uh, who will be turning back from a mile and a quarter to a mile and an eighth. And uh, he feels he's versatile enough to uh, sit off of it, uh, if that's how the race uh, shakes out uh, Saturday. You know, comes into the race with a 107 buyer, which, as you know, is a, a sensational uh, a figure. Another one coming in with a 100-plus buyer, kind of the Todd Pletcher, Johnny V. I believe that's the reason Johnny V's at the track this day, is for Blofeld. Yes, and he's, he's interesting because uh, he's going to be stretching out, you know, he's coming off the, the, the uh, one-turn-mile win, and uh, I would imagine he'll be quite prominent out of that rail post. Well, his daddy, Quality Road, knew, knew how to get a distance. There was no doubt about that. Again, uh, you know, you've got uh, this <laughs> um, uh, Richard Violet, who's a New York trainer, was never at Hot Springs before the, the Razorback, and he comes in with a beautiful just-off-the-pace win. Joe Bravo, uh, who's been very hot uh, in Lexington lately, uh, gets the call. I think he's got to be another danger sign right there, upstart. Yes, and, you know, uh, talking to uh, Rick Violet after the race, just he was just so impressed off the layoff, the uh, drive this horse was in. He put in really an extended run to get that done in the Razorback, and that was just a huge win for that horse off of the bench. And uh, it will be very interesting to see where this horse goes over the course of this year. Uh, their goal, according to Violet, is a um, grade one win with this horse, and he certainly, certainly has proven himself to be of high quality uh, based on his three-year-old campaign and his, and, and his comeback race uh, last month. It's so hard to believe that with $1.4 million, he wasn't won a, hasn't won a grade one, but, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> It's bound to happen, and I'm told i got to close out. Of course, you've got FNX in here also, who ran second in the Breeders' Cup Classic to American Pharaoh. I just ran third to Melatonin in the Santa Anita Handicap, won the Clark Handicap. It's going to be a great race. It's going to be a great day. And, Mary Rampolini, you've done a great job at informing the public of what's happening at Oaklawn Park this weekend. John, thank you so much for the kind words and for having me on to talk about the races this weekend. Always happy. I got your number. You know I'll be calling you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I want to thank Mary Rampolini from the Daily Racing Forum and Kenny McPeak from Magdalena Stables. Remember, you can go to a party with Kenny on the 23rd if you want to. So uh, thank you very much for listening to Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to a racetrack, OTB parlor, whatever, bet with your head, not over it. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.